Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 319, covering Friendship One and Natural Law, with Caitlin Purdy. Hi, friends. We're we're too closer to the end. Two two more. Two less to do. Now. Two episodes, and that's it. Woo! Oh, oh, well, three. We got two, and then we got the finale. So three, technically. Ah, oh, fuck. Well, two episodes of this show. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Um. And Caitlin is here, so one of these must have a lot of seven in it. That That's usually how that goes. You know it. Now, how's that going to work when we get to Enterprise? Because th- the, no the, more the, seven. There's people. almost no seven in that show. I don't know yeah. what's going to happen. I mean, there's the there's the hot Vulcan first officer, but I don't think you're going to gonna take to her the way you've taken to seven. I could be uh, wrong, If I could but... speak for everyone in the room, eh. <laughs> Well, she's she's one of those designed to be hot. Like, hey, there's a sexy lady. That's what you guys like. Uh, uh. I mean, wasn't Seven also designed? Oh, God, what happened to my voice? Yeah. There? <clears throat> wasn't Seven also designed to be that? Yeah, but thankfully they also wrote her as a good character. But uh, true, and it was played by an amazing actress. I think that probably yeah. helps. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, oh, do you like her? That's the first time I think that's come up. Oh, oh, maybe just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Boston didn't, Public didn't know you were a Taylor. Fan. Yeah, Ryan, Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan, excuse me. Jerry Ryan, my best friend in the whole wide world. That's true. Jerry Taylor's the other one. Yeah. Oh, that's right. She's she's interacted with us with us both. Yep. It was a life changing experience. I'll never be the same. She blessed my life. That's actually really impressive for someone who played a sexy character on a geek show, like from twenty years ago. Twenty years ago, like I would, I personally, I would think she'd be like, I don't want to talk to any of these creeps. I think most of the modern Star Trek guys, like after the original series, haven't really fallen into that. I don't want to talk about Star Trek anymore. There's a couple of exceptions. Sure. But for the most part, most of these guys still seem pretty cool with having done all that. I think I mean, they Mike, what they Mike, were getting into. I mean, Michael Dorn's been fighting to be back in Star Trek for at least since DS9 went off the air. Yeah, true. And even Patrick Stewart is like, I saw a thing from him not too long ago where he's like... Yeah, if if I died today, the thing like the the first line in my obituary would be he played Captain Picard, and I'm okay with that. I don't like the idea of Patrick Stewart dying. I mean, he's very old, Matt. It's gonna happen. We need to preserve him somehow. Mm-hmm. We yeah. must develop develop the technology. Yep. Can we keep his head uh, alive, like in a jar, but he can still talk? Something like, like that. Futurama like Futurama style. style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I uh, guys, I think we're gonna have to prepare ourselves for the fact that one day Patrick Stewart will no longer be with us. That's no God, well, as look, as long as Shatner doesn't outlast him, that's what I'm saying. <sighs> I mean, Shatner's outlasting the entire original series crew, so who? Well, knows? I mean, I don't think anything can kill him at this point. I, uh, you know, when this if episode drops, Shatner didn't do it. Nothing can. <laughs> when this episode drops, Shatner's gonna be dead, and we're gonna feel real bad about that. Oh you know? no. Thanks, thanks for killing William Shatner, Matt. Then he won't be able to make any of those whatever commercials. Put that on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Caitlin? He won't be able to make any of those weird, annoying commercials. That, oh, no. For those travel fine. whatevers. I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. Tra- is it Travelocity? Travelocity. Travelocity. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Is he still doing those? 
I don't Daddy's know. Daddy's got to eat. I guess I haven't watched television with commercials in it. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't. Yeah, same Netflix here. I haven't in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, I remember those from like the early 2000s. I don't know if they're still a thing, but I assume they are because if there's money to be made, Bill Shatner's going to be there. I know he's yes. still on their website. No. Looking a fool. No. <laughs> that's, that's what he does. And it, only he thinks he's in on the joke, so it's okay. It's not, and he isn't. <laughs> no. Anyway, Shut uh, up, let's... Bill. <laughs> my best, Bill. <laughs> let me hey, talk my about... best, let Bill. Me t- let, me, let me tell you about my good friend Leonard. <laughs> let, me sell, let me sell you a book about my good friend Leonard. Uh, did you know we were best friends? We were best friends. Speaking of friendship, Matt, why uh-huh. don't you tell us about this episode, what's called Friendship One. Alrighty. Well... Now that Starfleet knows that Voyager's in the Delta Quadrant and can contact them a couple of times a week, it's time to start giving them orders again. That missing ship is Federation property, and as long as you're stuck in the Delta Quadrant, you can do us a few chores. And this way, Starfleet is a lot like my mother. (laughs) Assignment the first, track down Friendship One, a deep space probe in the tradition of the Pioneer and the original Voyager, which was launched from Earth and contains Earth data and information and stuff. NASA, I guess? basically wanted to give the universe an idea of who we are and what our deal is. Well, the universe has had it long enough and Earth wants it back. I guess Starfleet forgot what Chopin and naked people on gold plaques will look like. So Voyager tracks the probe to a planet where it was found and opened and the antimatter inside used to create planet-destroying bombs, which they used to destroy the planet. Now, like a less fun, more cancery fallout, the survivors scavenge for crap and beat at the mud with a stick. And also kidnap our away team, because of course they do. The head cancer guy yells a lot, demands Voyager takes his people to a less shitty planet, and also murders fan favorite Carrie five episodes before retirement, I mean the end of the series. And he just bought a boat, too. Meanwhile on Voyager, the doc cures cures a stowaway cancer guy of his cancer, making him just a guy, and proves that he can clean the planet using recycling. After Paris successfully delivers a gross baby, Janeway restores the ozone layer or something and the day is saved again. Gary's funeral is sparsely attended because only Al actually remembers that he is a character. Oh, come on. Other people remember Carrie. I did not. I'm right? <laughs> I watched the episode. I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's been a long time since they brought some rando red shirt along on the on the mission. And then I check your notes. and You're like, hey, it's Carrie. Carrie's back. And I'm like, he's the curly haired dude from like season one. We talked oh, about right, him a lot. That guy. The thing. And this is actually my bad thing. I OK, I. He's not my favorite character. Like, I, I get funny jokes. Why do you like Carrie uh, so much, Al? Jesus. Yeah, I, it's my, it's, I mean, I got a, I got his action figure, which doesn't even exist. So, you know, that's impressive. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it does. That's not fair. Uh, yeah, probably. Playmates. Yeah, hey, there's money to be made. Uh-huh. Is, is Playmates owned by Bill Shatner? Playmates, the Bill Shatner of toy companies. Yeah. As opposed no, the to the Tom is, McFarlane of toy companies. Is, he's, he's one of those guys like Vorick. And, like, there were a couple other guys early on where it was like, hey, cool, Voyager's a small ship, and mm-hmm. they're all stuck with each other, so they're going to get to know some of the more supporting guys that they have some regular, you know, like DS9 had, sure. like extended cast kind of thing. And I thought they were setting him up to be one of that, one of those. He was, like, the engineer who thought he was next in line to be chief engineer, and then Bolana got his job, and I thought it would have been a cool arc for him to have to live with that and deal with it, and, like, this criminal is my boss. Hey, this criminal's actually pretty cool. You know, sure. that could have been a nice, like, evolution of him resenting her and then getting to like her and working with her and respecting her. But then he just disappeared in like mid early season two. And it's like, I think he popped up once or twice in one of those side realities. Like one of those, one of Voyager's many didn't count episodes. Sure. Or anytime they had to go back to the first season. 
Yeah. I, so like he, he hasn't been a thing for like a hundred episodes and suddenly here he is again. I'm like, oh, maybe they're going to finally give him a little bit of character before we're done. And then they just brought him back to kill him. Like, yep. why would you do that? Yep. No, we got to kill somebody for this episode and we're certainly not going to be any of our special characters. So, uh, no. y- y- Carrie, who can we bring in to kill? It would have had some weight to it. It would have given some stakes to the episode if he had appeared a little bit from time to time instead of mm-hmm. just going away for five years. Yeah. But on top of that, nobody seems very broken up about it. Like they shoot him right in front of them. And in the next scene, everyone seems to have forgotten about it. Kate is sad about it at the end. Mm-hmm. But like the dude died so that Voyager could retrieve a hunk of space garbage. He deserved better. Yeah, exactly. Literally a hunk of space garbage. Hey, we shot this out into space, and now we want it back. And uh, go to the neighbor's yard and get our ball back. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, we lost an engineer? Oh, well. Well, I mean, at least it was worth it, because we got this piece of garbage. This yeah. leaking antimatter piece of garbage. Yeah. No, I just... And it was less about Carrie, honestly, and more about that thing we talk about where they kill an incidental character. And this is a, you know, this is a Starfleet officer. We don't spend every week with them, but they're still a guy. Yeah. And they don't, nobody cares. Everyone's well, they, just like, well, at least they didn't kill Bolana. Let's mm-hmm. get on our way. Like, well, and if there's wow. one thing I've learned about this, about since watching Voyager, they don't actually kill a whole lot of people. Like, it feels like they've been conscious of the fact that. They yeah, there's only a hundred some guys. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And losing any of the, it's like Battlestar Galactic. Losing any of them is a big deal. I mean, they don't really keep track of it. Well, they don't but, keep track of it, but they also, the, Voyager has had a very low body count, except for people who come back to life. Right. Like, Harry Kim's no. died over a thousand times at this point, but none of, the, none of the supporting characters really have. No. And again, I thought that was sort of the point of guys like him and Vorik and Seska before she went evil. Like, we mm-hmm. were spending some time in engineering with some of the second tier guys, and I thought that was cool. But then, or like um, uh, uh, Naomi Wildman's mom. Yeah. Where did she go? <laughs> One day like, she said her name too loudly and exploded. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, okay, her daughter has replaced her as the secondary character that we talk to sometimes, and yep. so we don't need them both? Like, that's weird. Yeah, uh, no, I think the last episode she was in was that one with the two of them, like, yeah. and Flutter. And she kind of handed the, the baton off to her daughter and like, here, you're, you're, you're the wild man we deal with now. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to disappear forever. Like, oh. Now okay. you are the wild man. I, I liked you both. Can't you both be there? And maybe, like, supervise but. your child? She's, like, yeah, never well, supervised. Well, Naomi's just no, wandering just around her by herself no, all she, the time. No, she's with Neelix. Yeah. So that's worse. Neelix will keep an eye on her, unfortunately. It'd be better if she were by herself, honestly. Yeah. Or with Seven. That's always fun. Yeah, those those are good episodes, too. Yeah. Where, where did she go, come to think of it? We talked about this, and someone wrote in and said she was on that show Reba, but then Brian showed up and said, no, Reba doesn't happen for another year. Where mm. Where is she? I miss her. I don't know. Sometimes children just wander off, I guess. She's taking a no vacation. No one can explain it. <laughs> That's true. I, I guess they so. do. <laughs> she on the wharf plan? Just yeah. Unlimited vacation? I gotta go now. Um, my home planet needs me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing is, the first star, the first Klingon in Starfleet could get away with that shit. Uh, I got Klingon shit again. But yeah. once there's more, they're gonna be like, no, no, no. We know the Klingon calendar. There is no Klingon shit. Knock it off. There's no Feast of Maximum Occupancy. <laughs> <laughs> she's probably tired of supporting her family and she was like I'm going on vacation I'm joining the Girl Scouts <laughs> all, you, the Delta that so much. all you freeloaders can go get jobs 
<laughs> Fucking kick it open the door of the bridge. Who wants cookies, motherfucker? <laughs> oh no no, it's not a it's not a question. It's a demand. You will buy cookies. Kim, here's some thin mints. How many yeah. cookies Paris, Kate, Kate would buy? Oh, dude. oh, all of them. Yeah, yeah. Come here, little girl. I mean, give me those cookies. For- <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy your Kate. That's a, that's a good Kate. Give me them snickerdoodles. Hmm. I don't. I was about to say I don't even know if she'd eat them, but yeah, she would. Of course, she would. She, she would does. sneak them. She's that kind of mom where she's she, like, oh, she, would, she would sneak them, but also whenever Chuck came to her quarters, she'd put them out fancy on like one on her have finest a china. <laughs> would you like some tea with your cookie? Here, have a cookie. Oh, no, it's it's coffee with her. Coffee. Have some coffee, coffee and a, my boxed yeah. wine. And I'm a mom. Oh, she totally she's drinks boxed wine. So a mom. Yep. She absolutely <laughs> does. And reads like trashy romance novels uh-huh. with Fabio on the cover. Oh, you know it. Yep. Watch my stories, Mr. Chicote. <laughs> oh, I wish Kate was uh, my that mom. Is, yeah, that is that is one thing I'm going to miss, like, when this show goes away is, uh, like, I'm sure the Kate impression will pop up from time to time, but yeah, they, the, those things usually sort of fade away, and that's that's too bad. Well, and let me ask you this. Who on who on Enterprise has a, has a voice you can do, really? Um, I'm I mean, Scott Bakula. Yeah, I, I mean, you know. I've been told that I'm criticizing that show too much for someone who hasn't actually watched it yet, so I'm I I probably should back off of that. I'm not gonna, but I probably should. <laughs> I can still criticize Scott Bakula. I've seen an episode of Quantum Leap. I haven't, and I'm pretty proud of that. Anyway, um, uh, we're doing bad things, Caitlin. What about you? Oh man, I could probably go on and on about bad things Please in do. this episode, but I'm going to pick one and it's going to be that Neelix didn't die. That's my bad That's thing. kind of an overreaching one. I'll go with that. Yeah, that's, so, that's your bad thing for the entire series, I think. But like, it's situational. So like, the guy who gets killed is a guy that was just like injured and hanging out, not being a mm-hmm. douche. And Neelix actually like pissed people off by coming over and being like, let me tell you all about me. I'm basically the same, <laughs> even though I'm not. <laughs> And so he, this is, he gets, that's a good Neelix too, by the way. The head cancer guy gets totally offended <gasps> and pissed off. And he's like, fuck you, go back over there. And then he kills a guy mm-hmm. who didn't do anything. Like, mm-hmm. I so find this that this ties into my bad thing. You you thought Carrie shouldn't have died. It should have been Neelix. Yes, it should have been Neelix because he deserved it. And Carrie was just minding his own business, having a concussion. Gets sent <laughs> back because he's wounded. <laughs> like like you do. Just just a normal day having a concussion, hanging out. Yeah. I also like, I kind of I kind of love the way they killed him too. Just Carrie, will you come over here and stand on this big X? Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Slam. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm 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 with you on the I mean, you know, obviously they're not gonna kill him, but I sure wish they would have. Yeah. I was really upset with him being there. It made absolutely no sense at all. Because no, they send him on a lot of away missions, and I don't get it. In this yeah. particular one, they did not think that there was anyone to interact with, so that you can't really pull like the the you know diplomacy. Yeah, he's card. the ambassador card. Yeah, they keep calling There's him supposed an, to be nobody an there. ambassador. Wasn't that a joke? Oh, I think it started as a joke, and then he took it seriously, and they had to kind of just roll he had it, it painted oh, on his fine. office door, and just like ambassador. <laughs> okay, yep. Ugh. No, I, I don't love that at all. I, I but you know, I've never liked that character, so what are you going to do? Ugh. It just didn't yeah. make any sense and he was just an asshole the whole time anyway. Yep. He thinks And and there Go ahead. He like tries to be understanding, but he makes it all about him. 
Mm-hmm. So he's he he's like does. he's like I don't actually care about you. I'm just like telling you that you know I've suffered too. So we're basically the same. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. He goes into his tragic backstory that comes up maybe once a season, if that. Yeah. I- I'm sorry, Rat Boy, but this dude lives on Cancer Planet. Okay. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Where all the babies die. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like. Don't, oh, and that ties nicely to Matt's bad thing. Don't ki- don't don't compare yourself. It's not healthy for this entire planet. <laughs> well, nothing is healthy on this planet. No, exactly. This is my point. They need yeah. vitamins. I, a lot of them. I, anyway, speaking of speaking of babies, Matt. Oh yeah. So um, the super gross fake baby that uh, gets delivered in this episode sucks. Like all babies on Star Trek. <laughs> I thought you were just going right. to say like all babies. I mean, yes, but this is not the, the this is not the platform for that. I mean, it's certainly come up before, and you always put me in the position where I have to defend babies, and I'm hardly a fan. I just don't hate them like yeah. you do. Yeah, come on, I'll defend babies. Why are babies so fucking great? <laughs> um, well, you know, the propagation of the species. So yeah. When we, get, when we get old, there will be people to you know uh, make us food and keep our internet going and write yeah. books for us to read and so on and so on. No. Eh. At this point in my life, I'm about ready for the complete cessation of the human race. Uh, not till we finish all of Star Trek, damn it. Or yeah, else no, so give us ghosts... about a year and a half. Yeah, then our ghosts are going to be haunting the post-apocalypse. Oh, unfinished business. <laughs> oh, surprise finale. Woo. We never watched that Enterprise. Your ghosts yeah, are just never... watching Star Trek. That's all yeah, you do. Yeah, that feels about right. Yeah. That sounds like well, punishment. Yeah. It's my, like a my haunted, least... It's a haunted house where the TV keeps getting turned on. <laughs> but all you can watch is Voyager. Yes. Oh, God. So it's hell, then. <laughs> You're stuck where you left off. Oh, God. We need Every to hurry up. We push we Voyager up the hill. <laughs> the thing is, my, my other huge bad thing about this episode mm-hmm. is uh, it takes the position that Earth was wrong to send out this probe that gives like, like basically breaks the prime directive and gives instructions on how to build advanced technology to whoever finds it. And basically the episode says it's our fault for doing that. These people built antimatter weapons because of us. And now it's up to us to clean it up. And it's like, what? No, these people built the weapons. That part is their fault. All we did was show them, Hey, antimatter exists. Oh, I'll make a gun with it. Oh no, that's our fault. Is it? Well, I mean, no. you did give them the technology. This is my good thing because I thought that was hilarious. I thought it. I I, I get what you're saying, but I don't. Ah, uh, it it frustrated me because Kate felt guilty about it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's yeah, like, I feel guilty about the about the uh, the the probe that was built like fucking two hundred years before you were born. Yeah, she. It was like. Okay, we we left a gun on the table, and a fully grown person no, no, picked we up bu- the gun. No, no, we left the we left ammo on the table, basically. Yeah, and they figured out how to build a gun and shoot themselves. Yeah, is that your fault? I mean, like, uh, it's like know. blaming science for Hiroshima. It's like people sort made those of? choices. Human people. That's an excellent made comparison. Those choices. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the technology itself isn't bad. It's it's that it's that science fiction position that I hate. Technology is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's not. Why? This show is supposed to be about celebrating human accomplishment and technology. Why do you keep saying it's bad? Yeah. With great power comes great responsibility. Uh, we're, we are not Uncle Ben to this planet, damn it. I yeah. hope not. I don't want to get shot by this planet. <laughs> <laughs> I think anyway, it's... Anyway, Matt, did I, 
I, don't, I didn't want to step on your good thing there. I just, no, I just I find the idea that? that Starfleet's goodwill satellite that's blasting Chopin and <laughs> and sent off on a on a on a mission of hope throughout the universe fucking murdered this planet. That's fucking hilarious. All right. Also, I did some research. I did some research on the um the sort of the probes we've sent out that have. You know, like music, and like real life probes, not yeah, yeah. not fictional Star Trek universe probes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So that pro, I, I was delighted to learn that probe that we sent out that has the the gold plate with the engraving of like yeah. naked humans on it and like where uh-huh. Earth is. Uh huh. Apparently, NASA got protested for putting naked people on it. I believe it. I believe it too. I just think it's funny. Yeah. What are you gonna do? I mean, nothing now. It's been in space for thirty years. Yeah, it's it's left the solar system. It's out in the like in in proper interstellar space now. So, what are you gonna do? Some Aliens Martians don't know what clothes are. It. Yeah, exactly. That's true. They're gonna they're gonna think our anatomy includes loincloths if you do it that way. Like you gotta you gotta represent the way we are. Nice wiener Earth. <laughs> you know, <laughs> thanks. Was, we're pretty proud of that. You know, there was some guy who was when they were making that was like, make it bigger. <laughs> and b- bigger, bigger thingies on the girl too. <laughs> we gotta show. We're showing our dick to the universe. Make it bigger. Yeah, it feels about right. Uh, that girl's man, not. No, I just. Oh, go ahead, Caleb. Mankind has the biggest schlongs in all the universe. I mean, that could be. We might have the only schlongs in the universe. So that's true. That's true. But by default, that might be true. Who knows? Uh, let's see. Uh, what was your good thing, Caitlin? My good thing is how pissed off Janeway is at the end. She is like a hundred percent ready to leave as soon as she gets her own people back, and she's just like, "Fuck those guys." She has so much backbone. She's just like, "You mm-hmm. killed my dude. Fuck you. Have fun fucking dying like fucking dogs, you scallywags." And she just doesn't give a shit. She has to be like convinced to give a shit. And then once she's like, "Oh, science," then she gets all into it. But I love how she's just like, "I'm out. You guys are bitches. yeah, no, no, you yeah. kill one of my guys. I'm fucking done." Yeah. No, there was early on in the episode. There was that hand wringing of "Oh, this is all our fault," and then she gets her uh, her hostages back. And she's like, "You know what? This isn't my fault. Fuck you." Yeah, I love a nice Kate. Turnaround. Yeah, me too. She's like, "I tried to fucking help. You don't want my help. Fine, <laughs> flip you off. Peace out." You could, you could you could just rot here for all I care. Well, and that dude she was dealing with was a fucking shit heel. Yeah, he was worst like, leader I, ever. No. I don't want a planet that's three months away. I want a planet now. What are you, the Maquis? Knock it off. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I'll side with these guys, these guys before I side with the Maquis just because his face is physically falling off. <laughs> yeah, but, but that but doesn't make him not a shit heel. Legit. No, but demanding, demanding that Janeway magically produce a planet that's closer than the one she found that was however far away. It was pretty far away. And also not like, give her back her guys for five years or however long it takes yeah, to no, until you everyone. Until, until you evacuate our entire planet to an, a utopian planet with your where one you can ship. find one. Yeah. Like, come on. Shut up. How about we show you how to build ships and then leave? Exactly. No, it's like, yeah, we'll give you, like, food and medicine and fucking really help. Like, look, I'll admit, like, we're not entirely at fault here, but we can certainly help you guys out, you know? Like, here's yeah. some fucking, we can cure you guys of your cancer and fucking make the sun shine again and all that crap. No. Yeah, that was dumb. And, and it ended up in that usual last act, like, mm. uh, we have to dive down into the atmosphere and shoot torpedoes, which they're going to think are weapons, but are really going to make the sun shine again. And it just felt so, 
uh, they're doing a good thing, but the bad guy thinks they're doing a bad thing. Sure. I've seen this so many times. On Voyager. Yeah, well, yeah, on all of Star Trek, but especially Voyager. But especially Bart. <laughs> it, uh, you know. I The only thing I could manage to find for a good thing was the actual Friendship One probe that they showed had a mm-hmm. real old school Starfleet look to it. Like, yeah. uh, pre-Starfleet. Like, I feel like they're probably developing Enterprise at this point, and they're probably doing, like, sketches of what stuff looked like in the olden times, and mm. this probably came out of that. I, I could be wrong, but it feels like it's part of that whole design process. Yeah. I like how fucking rickety it looked too. Like it was, uh, yeah, exactly. It was but real sad see, by the time they found it again. But you could still see like, like sort of elements of the original Enterprise in it. It had it was like it, it was kind of bright, like an off white, and it had like nacelles. And oh, it, sure, it cool. I like it. Yeah. I, I mean, that was really it. There was nothing else I liked about this episode. Yeah. No. The end. Yeah. It was gonna be. Oh, hey, it's Carrie. I remember that guy. A little bit of continuity. Oh, never mind. <laughs> None for you. No. Also, there were there were even more. Is it me or are they referencing Captain Kirk like every week now? Remember Star Star Trek? But they never do it in a way where it's like, oh yeah, that was a cool thing that Kirk did, or that was mm. a thing that Kirk did that affects us. They just keep mentioning him. Yeah. Like Janeway can now talk to Starfleet, like Matt said in his summary, and the Admiral's like, you've now made more first contacts than Jim Kirk. Yeah, we know a name from Star Trek, Jim Kirk. Uh, okay. He is the ruler we use to measure our success. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I, I get that that's kind of an in, in-universe way to say the original series was great, but yeah. no. It's it's always so lazy. I always prefer the, th- the idea that a lot of people in fucking Star Trek don't like Kirk. Oh, I'm sure they don't. Like, a lot like of people are just like, that fucking asshole. Good God. Oh, yeah, we watched him climb the ladder and be, like, the youngest captain in Starfleet history. He must have fucked some people over to get there. Oh, yeah. That, that's, you know. I guarantee, to be a hero. Oh, go ahead. I guarantee I would not like him in real life. But I oh, like him not. in fake life. <laughs> I mean, look, yeah, exactly. I like watching that dude have adventures. I, I right? enjoyed many of those adventures. I don't want to yeah. work for him because I'll get fucking killed. Yeah. I feel like movie Kirk probably you'd have a chance with like they're they're doing a good job of establishing that he's closer with his crew and it's not just about him and his best friends like he's yeah. actually more of a family with his crew and he cares more and he's less of a of a jerk to women and like mm-hmm. they they seem to be turning him into a different guy so you know plus Chris Pine is hot so there's that yeah Hello. he fucking is I love him very much. Mm-hmm. He he has recently shown up on a, a show that I quite enjoy, Angie Tribeca, which, if you haven't seen, is like uh, Naked Gunner Police Squad only now, and starring um, uh, uh, Rashida Jones as the, uh, as the lead cop. Oh, yeah. And from uh, Parks her. and Rec. Yeah. It's it's really, really funny. It's it's very much that slapstick, like, airplane naked gun type humor. Uh, and, and Chris Pine this season is doing his best Anthony Hopkins impression, doing like a, a Hannibal Lecter in a glass cage character. And, uh, <laughs> oh, nice! Quite, quite good. That's great. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. And the thing is, I've seen show. I've seen that bit so many times, but they actually managed to make it like fresh and funny again. I think, and mm. he does a really good job. So cool. Yeah, it's great. And he's got a like scraggly beard, and looks he actually looks like he's been in prison for a long time. Quid pro quo, major. Yep, major. Major, I don't know. Where'd that come from? I Did you turn Goldicott into. Uh, I guess Hannibal Lecter. I'm look. I'm as surprised as you are. Okay. <laughs> Made some kind of weird DS9 Freudian slip there. I guess. Yeah. 
I wish we were watching uh, DS9. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Oh, I miss it. We all do. Me too. Just want to go yeah. back. I want to live there. Remember Odo? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I remember all of them. I still don't like Rom, but... Uh, that's fine. Ship him off you know, to school. There were 30 other characters I liked, so that's okay. Yeah. All right. Do we have anything else about this episode? or um, No. I have one thing that I don't understand. Yes. Yes. I don't really understand why Carrie died to begin with, because, like, they do some weird, freaky, saving lives, doing weird shit in that medical bay, and Mm -hmm. they were just like, oh, he's dead. Well, nothing we can do. Heart stopped. No, that was... that was part of my. If you can bring people back from the life, but apparently getting shot in the chest and then you're just done. <gasps> yeah, that was that was that was part of my bad thing. Really, is they didn't even try. Nobody was that put out by it. Nobody tried to even really look at him or save him or just like, yeah. well, he's dead. <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, I whatever. wish the doctor had just like been like you know rambling about some mumbo jumbo and you know saying yeah. why he couldn't save him because uh, it was the whole time i was like you didn't even try how about freaking medical bay right now yeah, they, anything? Could, they could they could pull out some of seven's nanoprobes which are the magic solution to every problem yeah, man. they cure cancer but they can't help they, this guy with a chest yeah. wound nope and they did they did cure cancer in this that was part of the solution was using seven's nanoprobes again this this shows magic wand to fixing everything mm-hmm. it's seven is magic which, the thing is, Seven using her science abilities to fix something, I buy because the character is smart and capable and, and good at problem solving. But the magic bugs that live inside her, that's not... Yeah, like, no, at some point along the line, they just decided she had, like, magic... Si- like, her her knowledge of science wasn't enough. She also had to have magic science uh, bugs live inside of her. Yeah, tiny, micros- tiny microscopic bugs that can <laughs> solve any problem. It's just, like, it's not Seven fixing it, it's just the goo seven had inside her like <laughs> yeah it was, it was the goo you had inside you all along seven when you uh-huh. put it that way gross the little robot bugs crawling in her blood in my brain they're just microscopic borg ah, see i picture them as bug borg like like little uh, little assimilated zorax oh they're oh, kind of nice. cute in my imagination yeah, exactly yep what were we little. doing in hackneysburg <laughs> all right matt you got a quote uh, yes, I do. It's from the very beginning of the episode. I just thought it was funny. From the first time you spoke up in my classroom, I knew you'd go far. All right. I do not have the context based on your note here, so I'm going to have to take your word for that. Ha mm. <laughs> ha, that was a hilarious quote. Delightful. <laughs> yes. If that's what they take out, what do they leave in? <laughs> you don't want to know. All right. Show us what you got, TV. All right, pushing forward uh, to natural law. Caitlin, what do you got? Oh, God. (laughs) Hey, you picked this. (laughs) I know, and I regret it so much. (laughs) We open on loaf of bread chuckles, annoying the shit out of Seven and forcing her to go sightseeing and naturally fucking everything up by crashing them onto the surface of a strange planet. Chuckles also manages to render himself useless with what appears to be a mild flesh wound and simply cannot go on. So he leaves Seven to carry the entire weight of their survival. For as much as they try to make Chuckles all cliche Native American, they sure don't give him any survival skills. So Seven has to keep reminding stale loaf of bread companion that uh, they aren't here for anthropology, sightseeing, or any other funsies as they stumble upon a primitive civilization in the jungle. 
Finding something After finding something useful while hiking around and heading back to infectious loaf of bread, Seven discovers that not only has her useless companion gotten them stuck down here and rendered himself unable to assist them in escaping, Chuckles manages to violate the Prime Directive and his own warnings and make first contact with the people of the jungle. Seven then scolds him accordingly. Back on Voyager, where nothing interesting is happening... Tom manages to piss off some stuffed shirt with his sweet piloting moves and gets schooled on how to not be a teenage boy by an old man river flight instructor. <laughs> While Chuckles continues to throw the Prime Directive completely out the window, we have some lovely scenes of primitive sign language, loincloths, and weird head cocking and a bunch of other cliche bullshit no one cares about. So anyway, let's talk about Seven. While Jackoff Loaf of Bread is playing with sticks in the dirt, Seven finds useful shit to get them back to Voyager all by herself and does this with slightly messy hair that just looks amazing. <laughs> She's like, I know we're lost in space, but I'm going to fix my hair as best I can, hairspray or no. Then she marches off into the strange territory alone, once again, to save them both like a fucking boss. After surviving a stormy night in the wild, Seven lets her hair down. It's perfectly tousled. Even when Seven sleeps in the woods, she looks majestic. Radiant, tousled hair Seven hijacks a native kid, finds a pretty waterfall, and tracks down her damaged shuttle. Meanwhile, infectious loaf of bread hobbles around and throws a tantrum. As this nightmare concludes, Seven finds the shuttle, shuts down the magical shield that was keeping them in, saves the day, and gets to keep a blanket. Kate makes an appearance as a sassy badass righteousness by managing to protect one civilization while giving the finger to another. Paris takes a moment to remind us why he's such a cocky asshole, because he actually is a really good pilot. Oh yeah, and Chuckles tries to have a moment with Seven, and it's the fucking worst fucking thing in the world, and I hate it. The fucking end. I know I chose this episode, but I forgot how much it pisses me off. So to be clear, you're not happy with this uh, uh, Chuck hooking up with Seven direction that the show has suddenly arbitrarily decided to take. Dear Lord in fluffy heaven, no. <laughs> I mean, I figured not, but it's good to have that on the record. He is my least favorite character. I hate him more than I hate Harry. And my beautiful woman is so much better than him. I mean, we talked yeah. about this. It's, it, it, it still feels like they hooked up because sh- there were no other options for her. I agree. But also, I... I thought this was going to be okay. Well, that all happened because that all happened. Pretend like that was all on the holodeck. They haven't had one moment of actual real life, like romantic interaction. And I thought this was going to be the episode where that happened. And it wasn't, they didn't no. like they were on a mission and they were working together. Well, she was working as Caitlin pointed out and <laughs> Chuck was, was doing nothing laying around. Right. But the, the thing is they were stranded on a planet together. And usually that's, if they're going to bring someone together, that's when you do it when you're stranded on a planet together. Oh, yeah. And they didn't, there was no romantic like undertones at all. And they, at the end of the episode, I didn't feel like they were any closer than they were at the beginning. So they, they blew their chance to make that imagined holodeck thing real in this episode. Yeah. E- even more than that, seven is pissed at him the entire time. Yeah. And, and rightly so. Yeah. And at the end he apologizes cause she's right. So it's like, he did a thing that was fucked up and she was mad mm. about it for pretty much the entire episode. Like she is sassy as fuck to him the whole but they, time. But they also do that thing they always do with her that I hate, which is they basically made her apologize as well and realize she was wrong, which and, I like 
they do so many episodes where like she's dedicated to her work and doing the science and everyone's like, but no, the human equation and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, shut up, do the work. And then at the end, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I should have cared about giving a care instead of getting the getting our asses off the planet. And like at the end, she was like, you were right. Looking at sticks is much better than escaping like. What? Stop nope. doing that to her. Stop undermining her. The thing that me, too, is we've seen Chuck do this before. Like, yeah. fucking the thing where he will endanger himself and the people he's with, including Seven in both cases, to mm-hmm. look at something that interests him. The same thing happened when they found that fucking, uh, that old spaceship. Yeah, and then oh, they got yeah. stuck. And he, en- and he endangered yep. the shuttle and three people's lives so he could look at it. Like, yep. you asshole. I think they feel like this is because we talk about how the character has almost nothing to him. And I feel like that's their, oh, no, he's really into learning and anthropology and uh, to the point of obsession. Like, yeah, but you could do it better than this. You, you, you haven't you've only established that two times. Yeah, they just yeah. bring no, it up he's randomly. Done it a few more times. But yeah, it, it doesn't come up often and it does feel kind of out of the blue. But uh, yeah. I, I, I think they've been consistent with it. I just don't think they, they're good at it. So, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it's not like even on the ship he's like the resident expert in history shit. If he was, it would make a little bit more sense. Mm, no, he's every just a dude with say, a hobby. No, every now and then they say he was, because I think that's part of what he taught, because he was an instructor at Starfleet. Oh, that's true, at, yeah. At the academy, and I think he taught anthropology. Like, I think he is kind of an expert, but again, it comes up so rarely, I do not blame you for not catching that, because they, they probably said it once, like, five years ago. Boy, nothing really sums up Chuck better than old history professor, now that I think about it. (laughs) Boring as fuck. The thing is, I like, I don't know, first of all, I like history, and I think, like, a history professor could be an interesting character, and I think the idea of, like, some of the most revolutionary sort of, like, political rebels in history have been academics, like, people who study things from a from a like uh, an academic perspective realize that the system is wrong and then like break off to join the you know join the rebellion or whatever like that could Uh be cool it's not but like in theory he could be like the badass starfleet instructor who went off and formed a rebel cell but but it didn't work out like that (laughs) but instead he's a loaf of bread he is and and let's talk about how problematic like like, vaguely racist this was. This is my bad oh, thing. Oh, God. Stop uh, doing this with Chuck, by the way. I, I Every time he goes to a planet with, like, primitive people, like, what what an, what an old school movie would have called savages. Like, uh-huh. we rightly don't use that word anymore. But really, in, in movies, that's what they call them. Yeah. Um, I, they play that Native American flute. Ugh. That that vague, like, that music. Like, oh, this is a spiritual, serious thing. Hakuchi Moya. And it's like... Would would you stop it? He's got. Oh. We're we're almost at the very end of the whole series, and this is still what you have for this guy, huh? I hate that they still view him as, and excuse me for using this word, the Indian. You know, I mean, from their perspective, that's how they see him. Yeah, and it's it's still no specific tribe, no real specific anything, but it's like, oh look, these people live in tents and wear loincloths, therefore I must be just like them. Like mm. what? Re- really? Like, what? seriously? It was 2000 by the time this episode was made. Yeah, and they had seven years of looking back and saying, ooh, maybe we shouldn't have done this with him early on and with the whole smoking the peace pipe thing. Maybe yeah. we could correct this. No, it's just as bad. And, like, like I think... Oh, go ahead. 
No, I just, I, it's definitely too late for this. I think like a like having like a Native American character in this show, you know, that's a fucking great idea. You know, no, like, for representation, it's absolutely a great idea. But they should have picked a tribe and having him have like be- like actual Native beliefs. But do some fucking research. Don't just be all like, yeah, fucking Native American, whatever. No, he's all Native Americans. He's like, and they said once he was with the Rubber Tree people or whatever. Yeah, he was but, also like, from the. He's also South American. Like what? No, no, Make that's what I'm saying. No, 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 no. That was the same episode. They said, I think they're from Central America, the rubber tree people, but that's the only time they got specific. Otherwise, he basically has beliefs from any Native American culture that we feel fits in the episode. It's it's all super inconsistent and yeah. just not really culturally just, appropriate. Yeah. Right. And the thing is, representation is good. Picking if he was a Cherokee character or a Mohawk character or whatever, like and and specifically believed the things that those particular cultures believed that would be one thing but he's not he's all indians and it's terrible mm-hmm. and the actor doesn't make it any better well no nope but you know and the, and again that music that that just oh i hate that so fucking much man like yeah it just it's just the fucking like that that's the straw that broke the camel's back right there is on top of everything else just like oh yeah it, it feels it feels Native like American you're walking food. into it feels like you're walking into a new age shop run by middle-aged white women who are mm-hmm. selling you crystals. Yeah. Like that's that's the music that's playing. And it's like this is not uh th- this is not okay. Yeah. And that that said, I feel like you guys both enjoyed the actual people on the planet, the actual like primitive guys. I was like, a big from, fan of from the your notes uh, anyway. The um I was actually a big fan of them communicating only through sign language. Mhm. Like I, I kept like waiting that too. for I kept waiting for Chuck to teach them English and, like, one of them would start talking or something. But that never happened. So I'm just like, oh, so they just communicate entirely through sign language. That's neat. Yeah, that was pretty cool, I guess. And it's something I haven't seen in uh, in uh, Trek before as, like, a race. Yeah. I Maybe they were trying to do a thing like they did on that planet with Wrestle Your Trembles. Like, hey, mm-hmm. they communicate differently. It's not just a straightforward English thing. Only this time they did it better. Yeah, no, this time instead of being stupid, it was the opposite of that. It was not stupid. Yeah. No, I thought it was pretty okay. Yeah. I, but there was this whole, like, obvious Prime Directive thing where, you know, they start, like, ooh, you you, you guys are cool. I'm going to paint a Chakotay thing on my face. And then, ooh, mm-hmm. this is cool. I'm going to put a seven implant on my face. Like, yeah. Also, it's weird these two both have things over the, the same eye, but I never noticed that, that is before. That is weird now that you mention it. Is that is that the thing they have in common that brings them together? It's hey, the we only... both have stuff over our left eye. <laughs> the if, only if thing... Can. If we kiss, yep. my board implant will bump into your tattoo. Well, we should definitely hook up then. <laughs> <laughs> Our special parts will touch. Yep. It's like that thing that was going around on the internet, how uh, if Worf kisses Hitler, their mustaches will never touch. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, how? why would Worf ever kiss Hitler? But in Star Trek, it'd probably happen. I would kiss Hitler. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, Hitler had some uh, horrible ideas about, like, like what he saw as lesser human races, but he might like the Klingons, okay? Who knows? He'd probably respect them as a domineering, violent culture. Yeah. That's what he's into, you Well, know? I mean, they, they have an empire. They're so, big and strong. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh, Caitlin, what was your good thing about this episode? <laughs> well, it's definitely going to be seven. What? So. <laughs> I'm just going to lean into sh- it. You, Matt, are you as shocked as I am? Shocked. <laughs> I fell out of my non-squeaky chair. I was so surprised. <laughs> I figure I'll lean into it. Um, seven's my favorite. 
Chuck does not deserve to be in the presence of her awesomeness. And <clears throat> she just literally carries him to survival. She does yep. everything. She does it by herself while he like lays around and is a terrible Starfleet officer. He doesn't do anything that he's supposed to do as a Starfleet officer. Mm-hmm. And Seven is so fucking capable. She's like, mm-hmm. dude, stop talking to these people that you told me not to talk about or talk to. And she yep. keeps going off by herself to do stuff. And there's there's like a... Seven. Is everything all right? I need your tricorder. Nice to see you, too. I lost mine. She has, like, no patience with him anymore. She's like, give me the yeah. shit. I need it. I'm working. Stop being a yeah. piece of shit. And no, that's, and that's I like, not what she I, says, she, but that's what she means. Well, she, yeah, they can't say that on, vo- and, you know, on, on broadcast TV in the early 2000s, but obviously that's what she means. Mm-hmm. I picked up but, what she Also, is, who the fuck doesn't know how to, like, who, what the fuck is he doing not fixing his stupid broken leg? He's got a giant fucking hole in his fucking leg, and he just walks around on it like fucking, like a fucking idiot. First of all, you have fucking tricorders. Find some fucking uh, plants or whatever that are medicinal or that you can wrap your fucking leg in or like a big, st- all the crap that the, 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 the people on the planet fucking give to him later in the episode to fix his stupid fucking leg. Dude, you should know how to do this. You are a Starfleet officer. You get marooned every other week. Basic yeah. first aid. <laughs> Is yeah. there ever a time where they take a shuttle to a planet and it doesn't crash? Like, I would not take a shuttle anymore because yeah. every episode starts with a shuttle in the atmosphere. Oh, no, something unexpected has happened. And now we've crashed and we can't contact the ship again. Jesus. Yeah. Funny how that it's like happens. Going to this, it's like taking the plane to the Savage Land with the X-Men. You're going to crash. <laughs> I'm going to have to trust you on that one. Yes. Um. I, I I do think, Caitlin, you point out that Seven is basically a better Starfleet officer than most of the people in Starfleet. She's not even like it's not even her prime directive. Like she respects it because she works with these guys, but it's not really her rule to follow. Yeah, that's a pretty still good better directive. I'll do that. Yeah. It's just like, oh, th- this is the intent of what you guys are doing. Yeah, I'll follow that. I don't have to. But directive uh, wise, that's would. pretty good. Yeah. If, if the Borg had done that, maybe some people would be happier. <laughs> But I, I, she's, she is better at all of this than mm-hmm. he is. At, at, she's a better survivalist than the guy that they have painstakingly established as the, you know, the Native American who lives off the land. Yeah. Um, and she's better at, like, problem solving and at not breaking basic Starfleet rules and just in every measurable way. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, like, even if you have accidental contact, like, I get that he was passed out when they stumbled on him, but, like, he could still, like, limit it somehow, but instead, he's just like, oh, okay, and then he, and then Seven's like, we need to get out of here, this is not where we're supposed to be, and he's like, minimize contact. Get out now. I feel good, Mm -hmm. we're safe, let's stay here, like, my leg feels better, yay, it's all about me. What if we interacted with them some more? That sounds good to me. No, minimize contact. You have taught you've you've tainted them a little, but that's leave before it gets worse. Now I'm just gonna rub my taint all over these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he starts Ugh. like trying to communicate with them and um, like learn yes. about their culture. And it's just like, dude, yeah. seriously, do you just like throw the rule book out the window because they gave you some herbs? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically, Chuck. Free herbs, yep. come on. And then he's just, I, like, so surprised when he sees them mimicking him. It's like, duh, you have a prime directive for the reason. Uh, like, yeah. did you not think that was going to happen? Did you think they were just going to be like, okay, we, bye? What was the plan here, just, exactly? This is a reason we just dealt with in the last episode. 
that that friendship one probe was a pre-prime directive and you see what happens when you give your technology to people who aren't ready for it mm-hmm. like it, it just happened it should be fresh in your mind yeah and if he legitimately but, is an anthropologist he should be well aware of what his oh, yeah. influence would be on a primitive culture like you fucking and- know Starfleet anthropologists should have been at the front lines of creating the prime directive in the first place. Those guys Mm. should have been the number one guys saying, we need something like this because cultures need to stay intact. But, eh, whatever. It made me so angry. I did did like the idea, and we don't, like, I like sometimes when we run into things that don't get full explanations like this. Like, some ancient alien culture decided these primitive guys needed to be protected and they put this unbreakable bubble around them and kept them away from the rest of the developing planet. And I liked that. I liked that we don't know who those aliens were. We don't know why they did it. It's just a thing we ran into. And I, I, because I've always liked the idea of space being really old and a bunch of shit happened before we got here. And sometimes we run into things that were already more advanced than us before we even existed. And I, I don't know. I'm always a sucker for that kind of thing. Mm. I agree, and mm. I like that we don't get to find out any information about it, because it's like, you know what? Yeah. This is just like some weird space shit. You're out of your element. You don't get to know about it. Yeah. And honestly, I wish Star Trek would do a little more of that sometimes. Like, I don't want all mystery, but you don't have to solve every single mystery. Sometimes, like like Matt's favorite episode of the original series, The Doomsday Machine, we don't know yeah. where it came from. Sometimes you just run into things out there because space is weird and alien cultures are weird and maybe gone now, and who knows? Like, yeah. they, they, There's very little of that in sort of Rick Berman era Star Trek, and I like when it happens. Well, it's, you know, it's that have-to-explain-everything thing. Yeah, often over-explain. And here yeah. it was just, no, they built a shield that none of us have the technology to get through until Seven comes through with her combination Starfleet-Borg knowledge to figure it mm-hmm. out. But before the, before her, nobody knew how to crack the thing. Yeah. And I like that. Mm-hmm. I like it, too. It reminds me of, like, you know, the vast strangeness of space. Like, maybe yeah. we don't run into shit we understand every ten seconds. No, and, and I really thought the premise of Voyager was going to lend itself to more of that. We're in a part of space we've never been before. Things should be way weirder and not as easy to explain out here, but it's just yeah. the same the same humanoids every week with bumps on their heads and just like an Earth culture. And blah, a bunch blah, of blah. shit from the Alpha Quadrant. Yeah, Like, that keeps all the thing. fucking time. Uh, that said, I did like... We're very nearly at the end of the series, and everybody knows it. And I do like for the last for the second half of the last season, they can now talk to Starfleet and get missions. I do think that's kind of cool, actually. Mm. Like, because that's what happens in every other Star Trek show, and I wouldn't want that for most of Voyager. But for the last little bit, it's kind of neat. Like, hey, this admiral just gave you some orders, like yeah. like all the other guys usually get, and now you get to play that. Like, that's it's a cool. it's a good it's a good payoff to their slow returning thing, you know, yeah. like. That's the one thing I think the show has handled well from the beginning. They've they very slowly developed that without messing it up. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Um, Matt, what was your bad thing? Um, where are my notes? Hang on. Oh, in in the Google Doc where we... Oh, uh, there we go. Boy, I mean, we talked about this a little bit, but boy, Chuck's sure boring, isn't he? I, like, I enjoyed every, uh, every moment of Seven and her new friend camping. Mm-hmm. But, like, fucking every time we cut back to Chuck and his stupid broken leg, I just got bored again. Fucking Robert Beltram, consistently boring for seven years. Yeah, and the argument from him has always been, well, they don't give me anything to do. Here's an episode about you. Make mm-hmm. something out of it, man. Look, no. man, he, like, I've read that interview, but I've also watched almost every episode of Voyager now, and Chuck's got yeah. plenty of chances to shine. 
No, like like every character, like the captain gets more because she's the captain, mm-hmm. but every other character gets one or usually two episodes per season that focuses on them. Like you get yeah. just as much as everyone else. Make something of it, man. Like turn that like you get you get one of those. I'm trying to think of a good example now, and a lot of them have pissed me off now. Like, well, the doctor used to be that guy. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get one of those secondary like even Bolana. like you don't get much this year. So make the best of it. Show yeah. us what what you can do and she usually does you know so uh caitlin what was your bad thing my bad thing is the scene in which seven appears to be afraid of lightning (laughs) fuck lightning (laughs) yep she would not be afraid of lightning she would just announce the science shit that's causing the lightning remind herself that the chances of being struck by lightning are extremely low and build a fucking shelter or something it's this short scene of her being afraid and it's really out of character for me but to be clear my bad thing is not seven it is the writing of seven seven is seven is perfect if I could so, add to that, actually, um, there's also the scene where she's walking through the woods and she fucking trips and drops her tricorder. Um, mm-hmm. Here's the thing about that. No. Uh, Seven of Nine <laughs> spends literally 24 hours a day on high heels. Seven mm-hmm. of Nine is always wearing high heels. Therefore, Seven of Nine does not trip ever. That woman knows yeah. exactly where her feet are at all times. Because she's perfect. Yes, I will agree with that. She <laughs> aspires that to perfection. I watched that scene, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Really? She tripped over a log? Fuck you. She's done combat yeah. in those heels, too. Like, she knows what's uh-huh. up. She doesn't She's fall. done everything in those fucking heels. You know how many fucking alien planets she's been to in those fucking heels and nothing has happened? My baby girl don't fall. <laughs> also, woof to fall from that height. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, so my good thing. Well, I I guess the Tom B plot wasn't too terrible, though it wasn't as funny as I think I, they thought it was. I enjoyed everyone thinking that was hilarious in like in universe. No, I, mm-hmm. I that I liked. I I did think it was interesting. Okay, so it started out with Tom going to. Uh, for some reason, Caitlin didn't focus on this uh, very much in her summary. She, she focused on all the seven I stuff. Guess. I don't know. Zero shits about it. No, I, I totally. <laughs> this was this was a throwaway B plot that actually I would say came together nicely at the end with the A plot. Mm. Um, like it actually did pay off in in it wasn't just a throwaway thing. It actually had something to do with the end, of the, which I liked. I did um, like that end bit. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the what I'm saying is um, uh, they're you know, they're doing shore leave because they've been going home for five minutes and you got to stop and rest every five minutes. But um they're going to some space mall or something, and the, the the people in charge didn't like the way Tom piloted, and they're like, uh, you're grounded, you can't come here until you take uh, driver's ed. And <laughs> he goes to the captain, and he's like, driver's ed, come on, I'm a good pilot. And she does this great thing, hey, we gotta respect local laws. <laughs> and he's like, what? What? Come on, I'm a pilot. Nope, hey, this is, our, this is part of diplomacy, man. They say we need this, so we're just gonna have to play along. You gotta mm-hmm. go to driver's ed. But I'm a driver already. And it's nice. And she basically, she's ordering him to do it. And then um, all his friends are going off to, to do whatever there is to do here. And he can't mm. go. And this, what was interesting to me was uh, Balana and Harry do the same thing, which is the good natured ribbing, which is yep. the, well, I guess you're not a good enough pilot. You're going to have to you're going to have to stay behind. And when Balana did it, it was cute and funny. And when Harry did it, I wanted to punch him. Yep, that's fair. 
it was the same joke. It was the same. And they both earned it. They both have a close relationship with him. It's, it wasn't that. But it's still the way Harry did it felt smug and actually mean and not playful. Mm. And Bellana felt playful like, oh, this sucks for you, but I'm going to laugh at it. And Harry just felt like, ha, yeah. you're punished. Like, yeah, that's because Harry's a piece of shit. He is. But it was, it just really illustrated to me what I don't like about Harry. Because you give the same joke to two different characters and mm. it doesn't work for him. You know what I mean? Like, it was it was interesting. It was an interesting study in, instead of I want to punch his face, it gave me a specific reason not to like him. And I always yeah. like when I can clarify, instead of just being blindly mad, you know? So, that was good. Um, but yeah, I did like, at the end, his crazy piloting skills are what, uh, what got them off the planet. That was cool. Yeah, yeah and he got to kind of, like, earn why he was, because he was defending himself the whole time. Like, I am a good pilot. Like, I don't need this safety course. And... You know, sometimes you're just like, well, maybe because you make some poor rash choices while you're piloting. But I mean, at the right. end there, he really just kind of like proved why he why he is a respected pilot and why he yeah, and has the position that he has because he actually mm-hmm. does have skills. I always prefer when the show shows instead of tells, because when they say he's a great pilot, he's a great pilot. Yeah, that doesn't matter. But when they showed him doing it like, oh, that's why they keep saying like, that's why he's so arrogant, why he's such a brash, you know, hot shot guy. Sure. Because, because, you know, he's actually good at it. And we saw him being good at it, that, that he kind of earned that, that, uh, that smugness. So. And I like that moment of him being able to like make a really quick, decisive decision and be like, sorry, old man, I respect you, but you need to shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down right now because we're having a moment. Like. No, and he's, he's kind of a dummy in a lot of ways, but uh, he's good at this. And I like that he is actually good at this. And I like them actually using people for their expertise instead of just being like, what random shit can we throw together today? So yeah. it's I, I always like be, seeing people. Same with Balana. I like seeing her be able to just like fulfill her expertise in engineering, which they haven't used her nearly as much lately. But, mm-hmm. right. you know, I like seeing people be able to like shine at what they're really good at. Yeah, absolutely. And in Chakotay's case, that is nothing. Nope. <laughs> nothing. Being a loaf. <laughs> Loafing around. All right, anything else? No. Caitlin? No. All right, well, that's all for this time. We're very nearly done. Yay! Hooray! I wanted to mention this only one more time, and I will not be mentioning this again. We are doing a fundraiser right now. Uh, Matt and I need copies of Enterprise. We need uh, server space. We we would like to make this game that we're making a little prettier than it is, and... uh, it's coming along nicely, but uh, we could use a little help. So go to postatomichorror.com. There's a link there. We would appreciate it. Yeah, please. Uh, ne- next week, the last two one-parters, as we call them. And yep. then it's on to the finale. And then the so. series finale. Yeah, we're almost there, Matt. We almost did it. Uh, a long road getting from there to here. Oh, the please final don't. countdown. All there right, Matt, say your thing. Oh, like the guy in the $50,000 suit's going to watch Voyager. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> All right, uh, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.